Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, presented by the tech doctor, Ronan Leonard. Hello. Hi, Ronan. How are you? Good. How are you doing, Amber? How are you getting on? Not too bad at all. Thank you so much for um, for doing this. And, no problem. My pleasure. Glad to do this. Thank you so much for helping us get the word out. So I'll talk a bit about your background. I know that you do kind of uh, mainly composing for video games, conducting as well. Yeah, yeah. My um, my background is completely classical uh, in terms of music, um, but. Uh, my job, as, as it were, is uh, composing music for video games, sometimes orchestrating for video games, uh, but I do a lot of conducting, both uh, live with video games live, um, and, uh, and I record all of Blizzard Entertainment's orchestral output, uh, which is, um, we'll probably record about anywhere from four hours to ten hours of music a year. <laughs> so, uh it's a it's a an interesting and fun um, uh, job so far, anyway. Because yeah, over the years, I remember years ago playing video games. You got very, very, really badly designed tinny music like Pac Man, and it wasn't that great. And over yeah. the years, it's it's progressed to what it is now. Well, I mean, it, it's uh, oftentimes back in the day, the um, the score was created by uh, one of the programming team on the on the game. And uh, so you get people who weren't necessarily musicians because they had to program every single pitch. And um, and we still, you know, we're still hold those themes and with great nostalgia. Um, but uh, as the gaming engines got more um, complex, uh, they became big enough to be, to be able to support a, a giant sound and all of the um, data that goes with that. So. After a while, it became uh, a bespoke score from an actual composer became the thing to do, and uh, and it's just getting more and more complex all the time. Yeah, because games like like uh, World of Warcraft and Halo are ones that when you hear the soundtrack, that draws you into a new world. They're brilliantly done. Yeah, they they're and thanks. Yeah, we work really hard on the World of Warcraft stuff, and the Halo theme is uh, uh, too. Brilliant friends of mine, Marty O'Donnell and Mike Salvatore, um, and actually for Friday we've put together the largest uh, virtual orchestra ever uh, for the Halo theme, and Marty and Mike are actually singing on it. <laughs> that's great. But yeah, it's it's uh, yeah they do bring you into another world. Uh, that's that's kind of the point, and and they um, uh, the way film music has gone now, it's it's become more of a. Um, an ambient type of score, whereas video game directors want the big theme and they want the epic, uh, identifiable melody, and and, uh, and it's really fun uh, writing with um, with that kind of palette. Think for me, is if you're developing a video game, the game takes so long to develop. How do you know the music's going to be done in time? How does it fit in when you've got no uh, actual canvas to play with? Uh, well, uh, it's it's. Um, there's there's a couple of ways of doing it, but uh, there's and there's different uses for music in the game. So there's first of first of all there's the cinematic, which is the movie that sets up the story of the game, and the cinematic we score it like a film. So it'll be cut like film, it'll be edited like film, and so on. So we we'll score that, and sometimes when we're scoring the cinematic, we just have 
uh, instead of fully rendered um, uh, animation, we'll have you know uh, not stick figures, but <laughs> but some some uh, some some cursorily done um, uh, animation, and uh, then the in-game music. Sometimes we have to write to specific parameters, and then sometimes the in-game music is uh, um, is written free with uh, inspiration from the artwork, and the audio director uh, cuts it in where it needs to be. So there's a, a few different ways of doing it. Um, but when I was working on uh, World of Warcraft, Warlords of Draenor, uh, I was just given artwork and told to tell a story through the music and see where it took me. Um, so, uh, so I, I did and, and it got cut in, um, and it was really fun to do it that way. Cause here, I mean, what more can a composer ask for? Here's some stunning, absolutely amazing artwork. Uh, be, go and be inspired. <laughs> we do a good job anyway. Great job. Because when I hear your music, I'm taken to, to as if I'm in the game somewhere else. It's yeah, it, it, that's kind of, you know, it, it, it's, it's really fun. I also think that the sort of realm of fantasy is really suitable to a, an Irish spirit, you know, because we just grew up with that everywhere. And, uh, yeah, my job is to really help um, take someone out of their everyday life of, oh, I need to send emails, I need to pay bills, and put you in a completely other realm. And, uh, and that's why people play fantasy games, is to just, you know, have the the rules of real life go away for a while a different set of rules but um and then have they have the music help to just completely immerse you in this this world wherever it may be it seems like oblivion skyrim without the music they wouldn't be what they are no no it's funny the skyrim theme i've, I've conducted it so many times for video games live and uh and jeremy soul um wrote that famous Dragonborn theme and uh, Jeremy's a real um, he's a real interesting guy and he's a really learned musician but uh, it's it's the most famous uh, bass drum solo yeah. <laughs> in video game music if not music I mean when we when we perform it, perform it you hear this boom 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 and straight away the audience starts cheering <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's certain themes they hear, like they hear the Halo theme right away, Halo, they hear something like from Mario, they know right away it's Nintendo, so they, they know what the music is, so they get involved. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, like the, the Mario theme is so universally loved and known. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. Uh, we're on stage, when we're on stage for video games live, often... Tommy Tallarico will have the audience sing it and like 3,000 people in Qatar or in uh, Malaysia or in China or in Europe, in Zurich, they all know the theme and sing along with it. And it's that would be one that started off in the 8-bit world. Um, uh, but but now the, the, the bigger ones like the World of Warcraft themes and the Skyrim and Halo and, you know, we get to be we get to be more epic and more expansive and, and, and write on a bigger palette, you know. But if you can write a good theme in 8-bit, <laughs> odds are it's a pretty good theme. Because a guy called David Whitaker years ago, he used to be a game programmer, and he programmed his own music as well. 
And after a while, he got bored of the of the gaming and just did the music. And now he just does uh, uh, audio uh, production for video games. But this guy did every game in the 80s. He more did all the music. Really? Yeah, and uh, in those days, you had basically very, very low quality. And if you're lucky, you got more than three, four sounds out of it, different sounds, qualities, yeah. tunes, tones. And then suddenly, when it came to 16-bit, he could do a bit more. After a while, he said, no, I'm going to retire for a while. And now he just does uh, audio. Mainly, he writes scripts and does the audio scripts for uh, video games now. There's guys like that. Guys like that, I think, I admire because as a kid growing up, whenever you saw his name in front of a game, you knew it was going to be quality. Oh, that's great. That's really great. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, people are so, the the people in the industry are really, really passionate. I mean, it's it's like, um, we're bringing over uh, one of the directors from Blizzard for iDig. Uh, His name is Taryn Gregory. And uh, one of the reasons I invited Taryn was he, I mean, he'll show you a cinematic and he's tearing up telling you the lore behind the cinematic because the character is so important to him. And um, he, uh, like he, his story is he was a total, total fan, huge Blizzard fan. And for BlizzCon, the big convention that, that Blizzard throws every year, they had a competition to recut um some of uh, some of the footage from the cinematic and tell a different story and Terence was so good that uh, the creative director Chris Metzen just like said we have to have you and he's been you know part of the company ever since and has, has worked his way up and is now one of our our most important directors and I came from being a fan who wanted to be stuck in the music in the, in the editing and the everything you know and the, and the industry really is made up of people like that who are fans who pretty much won the fan geek lottery <laughs> well that's good to hear that because I know like for me when I was playing games as a young kid I, I played back in the Vic 20 which is many years ago and it was really really small memory and the sound quality wasn't great but now and again you get some like Pac-Man coming in and it was so simple and catchy as a tune. And looking back right now, how complicated things have come, so complex, it's hard to, it's hard to believe that they're both from the same ear, both are music for games, because the Pac-Man one is so simple, very, very simple tune and very catchy. And nowadays you've got tunes that are catchy, but are more complex and detailed. Well, yeah, they, they're, they still want, we still want the identifiable theme. Uh, but, uh, I mean, what's really, what's really fun is... Um, I worked on uh, Nintendo's 25th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda. And, uh, I mean, we were working with the air, really, really early uh, stuff and made it uh, into this giant cinematic uh, experience and, uh, and and made it very much like, a, almost like a big film score with Koji Kondo's themes. Um, and, uh, I mean... Now we want to have that simple theme that's that's really really identifiable. But because we have all the resources of 2016, we can give it that cinematic feel right off the bat. So now, so now those themes are being um, there. Now those themes are being written with that kind of sound in mind. So it's slightly different. Yeah. Whereas if you're writing something knowing you've only got eight or sixteen bit or whatever, you're going to write them, you know, simple but. Um, but tuneful but you know if you 
the other thing is this, um, there's nothing wrong with uh, simplicity. If you look at Beethoven's sketchbooks, he'll start with a complex theme and he'll break it down and break it down yeah. and end up with something a lot simpler. So kind of, um, you know, what, what's also exciting to me is I'm, I'm seeing um, video game music take its place in music history in general. And, uh, and that's something I'm, I'm not sure anyone really expected. Um, but uh, it, it's, you know, it's come from the bleeps and bloops kind of thing um, to, to now being, you know, being as vast as, as our imaginations can, can make it. Um, so it's, yeah. Because years ago, I played a game called Elite, and it was where you go around space trading and buying things. And the theme songs and that were based on uh, Johann Strauss. They were based on stuff that I mean, you didn't for Kubrick. And when I did, did a sequel to that game about five, six years later, because they're now 16-bit, you've got a full orchestra playing the same the same themes. Yeah. So you're hearing the same song when I with a full orchestra and music, people singing behind it, which is great. And now the current game of that, which I read in about two years ago, a year or so ago now, is a lot better and more orchestration and more guitar and everything else. And it's just how it's improved over the past 25 years. It's amazing. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's everything, isn't it? It's the artwork, it's the, it's the, the gameplay, it's everything. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, I'm, a, I'm a huge game art fan, and that's, that's sort of uh, what, to me, the equivalent, when I see like the vast worlds, like for instance, Diablo 3, I think is one of the most beautiful games out there. Um, I love it because, uh, well, it, I'm, I also am very Blizzard biased, of course, but um, it's, it's to see where artwork has come, and then the music is just, is, and, and the weird thing is, that's just how it happened in, in early and Renaissance times. The artwork would develop and then the music would, would develop with it. You know, I keep seeing all these these correlations between where we are in the present day, in this still fledgling. I mean, we're, we're still a little bit in the Wild West, but it's becoming more and more interesting all the time. But but I'm seeing, I'm seeing video games um, like pop art that's developing in front of my eyes, you know, yeah. and I feel like, you know, one day people are going to look back. I mean, people are already doing um, their thesis on video game history and on video game music history and all this sort of thing. But I, it's really amazing because I, I see it, like you were saying about, about Elite, like I'm seeing it happen in front of my eyes. Um, I remember... I worked as a as orchestrator on the first World of Warcraft, and I was literally two minutes out of out of Trinity, out of college, and um, uh, I was told at the time I was working with someone who was a a famous orchestrator for film, and he was used to these big, big, huge um, movie budgets and big films, and he said, "You know what? This this video game thing, I don't really know what it's about. Here, you do it, sort of thing." And I remember being in the studio and looking up and seeing the what is now the famous World of Warcraft uh, cinematic, and I just couldn't believe what I was looking at. And uh, and it's still, I mean, to me, it still stands up now. What are we? Thirteen years later, twelve years later, but um, uh, but the way that the artwork has developed is just mind blowing. Like I. I did a. I wrote a piece about this recent. Wrote a piece of of um, wrote an article, and uh, I was thinking, you know, like you think of a Salvador Dali landscape. Like I don't see 
some of the video game landscapes I look at are no less complex or or thought provoking or or emotion provoking. You know, so I'm I'm interested to see if if uh, you know how how much further we can go. I mean, there's a, there's a, 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 it, it's just getting more complex and more interesting all the time, and it's also. Um, we're also getting all these different genres of games and they're going further and further into their own niche, which is, you know, what happened with film in yeah. the early days as well. So, so we'll see where that's going to take us. And also budgets. I mean, you games like Grand Theft Auto, you've got $200 million budget and what they do with the budget, they decide we're going to put a lot of money into the music and different things as well. And it's great to see that games are now getting the same budget as a movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's great. I mean, you know, uh, yeah, absolutely. And the, the, the cool thing is, I, I'm, I'm always trying to analyze why this is and why so why we're getting to, to do these big, giant orchestral scores. And, and of course, GTA has big rock scores and lots of songs that are, are licensed and so on. Um, but uh, I, there's a huge um, crossover between music geeks and gamer geeks yeah <laughs> it's like the pie chart is almost like an eclipse you know um and the thing is because uh, i i mean i meet so many so many game music fans so many gamers and so many game developers all the time like these are my people and i and i i recognize there's so many musicians like it's easy for us to put together a virtual orchestra for halo or for world of warcraft because so many gamers are musicians, and that translates in the in the industry, I think, um, because game developers want the big music sound. They want. They did watch the behind the scenes with Steven Spielberg and John Williams when they were kids, you know, yeah. and and they did grow up. You know, we're all sort of the same age at this point and and it's we all grew up with those big john williams scores and all those great scores in the 80s and 90s um but uh so so when they're directing and when they're creating that's what the sound that they want and if they want that sound if you want to have a hundred musicians a hundred musicians at the skywalker ranch in your orchestra an 80 piece choir that requires budget absolutely and the guys are well that's the sound we want that's the sound we need so we'll just make a budget you know and they're they have this confidence now uh where it's the games have the gaming industry has proven itself incredibly valuable and uh there's a confidence in we want the best we want to make this as great as it can be and plus the fans are so detail oriented yeah Yeah, fans will call us up on things if if it's not you know at the highest level so um and also, there's just like I said, there's that genuine passion. Everybody genuinely wants things to be as great as they can possibly be, um, just for their own sense of um, of, of self uh, fulfillment and so on. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it's uh, yeah they do spend money on their music budget because they want it to really, really be great. Well, they can afford it because I mean, if you look at a game and a game makes makes a billion dollars. They can afford to have fifth of that on the budget alone, and they'll never make it back within days. Well, not every game makes that, and the other thing is, uh, people are always saying, "Oh, you know, it, um, it, there's a different structure in the game, in the video game industry, than the film industry, because uh, for it, it, MMOs are different. Uh, MMOs.
MMOs like World of Warcraft are different because they're ongoing, but often a game will come out and they have a shelf life of a few months yeah. and then they're gone, you know? And they, they don't translate to other platforms where, like, if you make a film and it comes out in the theatres and then it's gone after a while, then you sell it to TV, then you sell the DVDs, then you have the... And it can, it can, it can just perpetuate royalties forever, whereas most video games don't do that. Uh, so, so it's a it's a quick flash in the pan, and it's not guaranteed. So, uh, like everything, there's a lot of risk involved. Um, but uh, so, so people forget to think, oh, there's this giant amount of money, and there's this giant this, that, and the other. But it, it's um, it, it's still a risky venture, and there's no guarantee, and there's only a few games that will really of all the games that are made there's only a few that have that kind of penetration yeah, and that kind of that's problem. it I mean the games for that like if you look at games like uh, like World of Warcraft or even a normal games like GTA those kind of games or we go into some some of the war games like Medal of Honor they're the kind of games that you know will make their money back I don't mean a game that, that you give it a big budget and you hope it does well it's a game that's got pedigree that, that actually will make money back yeah. that's the ones as a fan you like because you know I have to get this game because everyone's promoting the game to, to buy it and when you get it it has a shelf life but it will make us money back no problem pretty quickly yeah well that's that's I leave that all of that stuff up to the experts um, but uh, I'm also you know very very biased towards the little indies as well and I'm just you know I know for for instance um, I'm, I'm constantly going on about the, the Irish indies uh, because you know, uh, we have so many talented people who are creating games and uh, there's, you know, it's really hard to get the stuff out there. Now we have Steam coming, you know, Steam is going to be a, a, a great one for all the, the little indies um, and it'll make things more yeah. more possible. But but like the like the big film studios, um, you, you have these giant game studios uh like nintendo is in kyoto and they create everything there even though they've nintendo of america and so on but but you have these huge huge studios like the old like the way the movie studios used to be yeah. um and they do have massive resources and they can do things like that but what what really interests me is to see um how again like film the way the indie film industry came up to see what happens with the indie game industry. Um, they don't have those huge promotional budgets. They don't have any of that stuff, but they have enormous creativity and uh, they also have a bit more freedom because like creative freedom, just like independent movies, because they don't have um, a massive loan. They don't have shareholders and they don't have, you know, those kinds of scary scary money people to answer to um but um i'm of course uh twisting this to my own agenda which is hoping that we can at some point have some sort of structured support of of irish indie developers um like we do with the film board here because i think i think there's so much talent and um and so much uh tech tech savvy and as well i mean it's uh it's, I think Ireland is, is perfect uh, for this, but we don't have the kind of reach and the kind of giant budgets of the huge studios. There was a guy so, called John Carmack, John Romero, who he developed games like Doom, and he's now based in Ireland. He decided this is the place to be. So he's now in Galway, he thinks, 
where can I get the talent and the people to do the games that are very good? Come to Ireland. So yeah. that's a good start. Well, that is a great start. I love Doom. And, you know, it, it's... It is a great start, and we're for for IDIG for IDIG Music Fest. We're showing at least twenty um, indie games at the RDS. Um, we are bringing over a whole lot of our team from Blizzard. Um, we're trying to, and we're doing this off our own bat. Myself and my husband Craig Stewart Garfinkel. We're we're we don't have any sponsorship. We're not funded. This is an idea we had. This is the second year, and we're doing. You know, I, I, I'm doing what I can to uh, not just to, to not just talk the talk. You know, I mean, put the, put our indie developers out there and see see what happens because um, you know we're looking at the way VR is going to open up and there's going to be a huge rush for content in the next two years. Yeah. Um, and that rush for content, it's not gonna it's not gonna last that long. Um. And um, I'm really, really hoping that, you know, that there could be some sort of government support for our brilliant um, indie developers. Because it's like this, you know, all the amazing fantasy games out there, so many of them borrow from Celtic mythology. So many of them borrow from our music. I mean, look at the Halo theme. Yeah. I'm always, I'm always uh, going on to Marty O'Donnell and saying, you can take the O'Donnells out of Ireland, you know, but you can't take Ireland out of the O'Donnells. <laughs> yeah. um, because... You know, our music, there's something about our music, there's something about our mythology that speaks to people across different cultures. It, I don't, I can't explain it, but it's it's there in Game of Thrones, it's there in all Tolkien's work, it's there in World of Warcraft, it's there, you know, and, 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 and it's actually, you know, the legend of Zelda, yeah. three goddesses setting up the land of Hyrule, where have we heard that before, you know, it's... It's everywhere, so um, I'm hoping that at some point the the decision makers and the the investors in Ireland realize that this is a huge industry that that we're just we need to take a bite out of, you know, that 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 we have indigenous talent and and talent that wouldn't have to leave. That's the other thing, you know, that uh, like we have we have so many brilliant volunteers for IDIG Music Fest um, from who are you know college students and, and young developers and uh, they're all talking about well as soon as I'm finished my course I'm leaving I'm this that and the other I'm thinking shouldn't we try and keep these amazing talented people here with a bit of a bit of ingenuity and a bit of um, of open-mindedness uh, this is not you know playing games is fun and 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 uh, and the human spirit loves to play but it's also a serious serious industry um, that I, I think uh, I think like I'm looking at all these courses all around the country that are that are putting out these qualified people, and add to that our our complete natural aptitude towards uh, storytelling um, and uh, and our tech savvy and and you know it just makes too much sense. Someone in 15 years ago, oh, I did. Do you remember that woman that said that years ago and? <laughs> well, it should be. We should have like in Ireland have a Hollywood of of, of video gaming. She's based in Ireland, and all the mates used to should have a base here where they can do that. Because you've got a staff here, why not use them here and avail the tax breaks as well? Well, I suggested I was talking to um, 
someone in politics the other day, a, um, a politician here from the West, and I said, you know, the two things that we need uh, to get going, we need something like the film board for video games, and we need um, we need a hub where uh, indie developers can have access to to technology, but also to personnel that we can cross pollinate personnel and skills skill sets. Um, in a kind of a uh, in a kind of a almost a studio environment, but a studio that has you know is made up of, of different in, indie companies. Um, that those two things would would give us a, a chance to get something going, you know. But uh, it's all about funding. Um, yeah. So I was saying, you know, now that we've now that we've taken care of the past in terms of the amazing centenary um, celebrations, how about we start looking at the future? <laughs> yeah, the moment, until we get a government in place, the moment we can talk about it, but until something's in place, we can think, well, what could be? I know, I know, it's funny. I, I um, got the opportunity to read a segment from the proclamation today down at my local crossroads here in, in East Galway. And... Uh, the part I was reading was about a permanent government, and I was thinking, "Oh my God, irony!" Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but uh, anyway, so we're we're um, we're hoping that you know, I dig music fest will just um, drum up, uh, you know, it'll, you know, put, get a bit of dust in the air, you know, sort of thing. We'll 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 rake up rake up some dust and, and see. Um, See if people respond, and see if if it, it generates uh, some awareness towards what we could be doing. You know, because you know, this is just the music part of it. Yeah. This is just one tiny aspect of, of video games, and uh, if if the music aspect of it has a, a worldwide following, um, you know, I mean, it's it's funny. Growing up with video games, and I didn't. I mean, we were restricted on the amount of time we're allowed to play because you don't you don't get to work with orchestras unless you've spent a whole lot of time in a room studying and practicing. Yeah. Um, but uh, but really getting into the industry and into the the world of 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 gaming, it's like it, it it's like string theory. It's a whole other universe that exists alongside ours. That's fully functional in itself and has millions and millions of people and has its own rules and its own culture. Um, and it, it's only when you're, if you're not part of that world, you don't realize how extraordinary it is and how huge and global it is. I mean, I, I, uh, I was in, um, I was, I was performing at the Qatar Philharmonic, and I had a guy in the in the traditional dress come up to me and say, "I'm one of your Kickstarter backers for Songs of Zelda. I can't wait to hear what the DIT ensemble does with it." <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious. I thought, "Oh my God, this is just surreal," you know. Um, so it's a. Uh, so finally, you know, after me being on the road since 2011, I wanted to do something in Dublin and said, you know, if we're going to do this, let's not just do a concert. Let's 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 do something that actually makes an impact and, you know, do something for the industry as well as the public. Yeah. Um, that's a really a really fun event for families, but also that, you know, gets our get, gets some exposure for our our amazing indie developers and then hopefully get some some politicians uh, aware of, of what the indigenous talent is because um, 
because I'm one of the, the many in our industry that had to leave Ireland. Um, and uh, I love I love where I where I call myself a semi-grant. I'm home like five times a year. Um, but uh, I, I have so many talented colleagues from Ireland in, um, in the industry. And I feel like, you know, how about we think a little differently and, and keep some of the talent here this time? Because... Uh, because we'd, we'd be just so good at it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also, it comes to, like, st- like games, storytelling. Because we're good storytellers, we can get guys who that can actually write the stories behind the games, artists who can draw and everything else, bring them all in. Well, I, I'm working on a game at the moment out of Galway called Runes of Aaron, and it's absolutely beautiful. We're going to show the trailer at IDIG Music Fest, and... Uh, uh, it got a huge response at GDC, and they're looking at the the moment they need they need development funding. It's a uh, it's a company out of Galway um, uh, called Tribal City Interactive, and um, it's stunningly beautiful. But the writing is all done by Michael Scott, who's known for his absolute you know prolific knowledge of Irish of Celtic mythology I have some of his books yeah. that I bought in the airport in my bookcase in in Malibu um that I dip into all the time and when I heard he was writing on it I thought oh my god this is brilliant um so so he's a you know he's he's a genuine writer being brought into the world of video games because he's perfect for it I mean the the lore is all there this game is all based in in Celtic mythology so the kind of lore that that the writers at Blizzard have to create from nothing already exists, you know? Yeah. And it's and it's very, very deep. And we have all of these different nations and different characters and different I mean, it's just there's just so much there's so much drama in Irish history, let alone Irish mythology, you know? It's just perfect. So um so that game, I mean the artwork is gorgeous you know the the characters themselves are so inspiring for any creative person you know I mean the Thua de Danon I mean it, it's just it's all there the Firbolg um the Nemedians, all those nations all those races um so it, it's you know that's an exciting one and it just all makes way too much sense you know when I glad when that comes out it'd be good good to see because I mean we need something about that because in Ireland we have it on our uh, music and on our movies and books but not in video games as such and to yeah. bring into that to, into that medium is gonna is gonna be uh, make it's gonna just be amazing because we've done everything else but that one medium which is video games if you can do that with Irish mythology it'll be brilliant I think the, the three categories you just, the movies, music, and books, video games employ them all. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like for our filmmakers, there's a cinematic aspect. For our animators, for our artists, you know, everything, it's all there. Our, for, you know, our writers, our actors, our musicians, it's all there. And I, I keep saying it, I keep saying come on, this makes too much sense. And for all of our amazing uh, technological wizards, you know. Um, so, I, I mean, I think I, I, I think there's a weird, um, not weird, but I think that people haven't seriously considered it as an employer. Um, they think, oh, playing games, people play games, and they, they're time-wasting, and they're this, that, and the other. Um, I don't think that the people have grasped how 
how important this is as a cultural phenomenon and, and going forward, how it's it's becoming a movie where you get to to write, you, you get to choose which direction the script goes in. You yeah. Know, you get, and you get to be in the movie. You get to be a character and you get to design that character and you get to be some, you know, it, it's, it's like an interactive movie. Um, and it, it's only going to get deeper and more complex with VR and everything, you know. Um, so, so when you're watching a movie, somebody else is telling you the story, and you're, and it's great, and and it's it's all there. But this is a movie where you get to be part of the action. Um, and I, I just, I, I keep saying it. This, you know, the only difference between us being major players. Are not is funding. Yes, yeah. the only difference. And I mean, I'll tell you, we we worked really hard to try and get funding for the festival, and we we couldn't get any. I mean, it was just, it was really really hard to convince people that this is important. Um, this is this is uh, this is something that we need to take seriously. Uh, so, but uh, you know, I I think um, if enough of us keep ranting. <laughs> Well, I intend to, because, I mean, I hope, hopefully, if you do it again next year, you'll have funding in place and can announce a new government body that's going to come 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 in and help you promote this properly in Ireland, because we need that. Well, yeah, I mean, this is the second year, and uh, I think we fell afoul of the centenary celebration. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, ironically, um, my favourite period in history. Uh, so... Um, I, I don't know, honestly, the, the amount of work that we've put in has been uh, absolutely astronomical. Um, and, uh, and and we do need to actually have real support so that we can simply employ people, you know. And, and I mean, it's a massive undertaking, a festival like this. Um, and and really, our, our sponsors are our ticket buyers. Yeah. You know, if you buy a ticket to iDig, you are actually one of the sponsors that's making it happen. Um, but uh, you know, I, I'm hoping that going forward, that 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 we can secure some funding because you know, this is Dublin's a great small city where people can come and have a great party, and the whole point is invite people to have a, have some great events to go to. But for business to happen in an organic way by showing off what we have in Ireland, um, under whilst people are partying and, and going to concerts, that they have they, they get to see all of the indigenous talent, um, both uh, in terms of the indie developers, but also in terms of the musicians. I mean, we had uh, we had a surprise last year with the DIT ensemble showing up with 20 players and playing for an hour their own arrangements of, of game themes. And what happened was uh, members of the audience, uh, fans, said, please record this. So we ended up doing a Kickstarter campaign and, uh, and making an album with them. You know? That's and great. And, that, and that the Kickstarter backers... We got about two thousand backers from all over the world, and they're eagerly awaiting the album to drop from Ireland of of uh, themes from Zelda played on trad instruments. <laughs> How would you ever come up with that concept if you didn't actually have a festival in Dublin, invite 
a bunch of uh, of amazing trad players and see what happens you know i mean you'd never think hmm, zelda and trad uh, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> yeah, Zelda, we did. That's that's great to have that because he shows off our talent in music as well, and shows that the guys who basically train to um, traditional music can then do anything they want music-wise. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's brilliant because um, Oran Okasaja and, and Kieran Hanrahan are leading it up. They're two of our finest traditional Irish musicians. And um, Oran's daughter, Shabail Nikasaja, um, played a big part in the centenary celebrations. But before that happened, we recorded her doing Zelda's lullaby with Irish lyrics that she had written herself. And there's people are just, people all over the world are just going to love it. You know, they, I know the Zelda fans intimately and uh, they're going to absolutely love it. And I said, the direction for the album, I said to them is, listen, so you're the house band in a tavern in Hyrule. What yeah. does that sound like? <laughs> Interesting. So, so uh, it, again, it's all fantasy. And for some reason, um, our music lends itself to that as well. I mean, it's it's the the instruments being, you know, a little rough around the edges, a little imperfect. I mean, the Illum pipes are you know, an imperfect instrument that, that's so in and perfect in its in, in and beautiful in that. And there's something about it's something about our music and our instruments and our lore, our mythology that just lends itself so beautifully. And I can't I think about it a lot but I can't explain it. If you look at Talking Talking said years ago that Britain hasn't got any mythology. Ireland's got lots of souls and Norse gods we should do this. He, he he did their Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit because we didn't have that in in England. Yeah. And it's great to see that we we can say, well, we've we had it for years. We've got yeah, Children exactly. of Lear and etc. But it's all there. It's like it's like manna from heaven just lying on the ground for us to pick it up. You yeah. know, it's it's all there, and um, it's also it's just in our blood as well. It's 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 so part of our our souls to to tell these amazing stories and uh and we just grew i mean it's you know it's like um it's like the way uh it's like the way south south american music musicians can play uh, a groove you know they just grew up with that or african-american musicians can can uh can, can play can groove their music yeah it's just part of the, the culture that they grew up with for us it's such a part of our culture all of this mythology and and storytelling and music uh that it's easy it's an easy one for us you know yeah. it's uh, let's play to our strengths rather than bringing in manufacturers that are going to take the grants and and then they're going to use them up and then head back off to china because we can't I mean, I go to China three times a year. We can't compete with them on that level, but we could play to our own strengths, you know? Yeah, well, we could, because, yeah. I mean, we have our own talents that none of us has. And if we, if we can uh, show them off and say, look, this is what we're going to do, and give us some money to fund this, and it will do, it'll do good for the country because export-wise, it'll do good. People come here, they want to visit where this was uh, made. And I guarantee in 10 years' time, you'll have video games... They're a, a film like a proper movie. So you'll go to a video game set, like you do in, in see The Hobbit in, yeah. in uh, New Zealand. And the other thing is you'll be able to walk around Ireland in VR inside of a game with your character and meet other people in real time. 
you know, I mean, and then people are going to your dead right. They're going to want to visit the actual landscape. Yeah. You know, and and uh, there's just so many add-ons, so many tie-ins. But it, it's but we need to. It needs to happen soon because uh, because we don't want to get left behind, you know. And but the thing is, what I keep saying is, look at all these college courses. Isn't it isn't it worth worth doing just to employ people? <laughs> you know, if you're just looking at it from a you know, get, you know, you know, job creation, you know, sort of aspect. Uh, if you want to look at it in that way, I mean, it, it would be, it would be fantastic. I mean, look at what, what, um, uh, Brown Bag is doing. They're employing, I think there's like, like 150 people in their studio and they're creating world-class, um, stuff. I mean, I know because my two and a half year old watches Henry Hogan Monster on Disney, Disney, uh, uh, junior or whatever it's called um, all the time and it's made in Ireland Yeah, um, and it's you know we can have that and more for video games I, I believe it completely um, but uh, like the one of the most talented people I know in the industry was the head of backgrounds for EA games and is now heading up the um, uh, Star Wars uh, team and he's from Terra New York yeah. you know um, Rob Keenan, absolutely brilliant guy. Uh, so all of us are little satellites, you know, by ourselves doing our own little thing without any support, and uh, and rather than having any kind of um, cohesive thing, and, and you know, bring back the people, the expats who are working at the top of the industry, and get them to, you know, train people up, and you know, all these things are just too logical and make too much sense, you know. Yeah. And, Bring back people like him. Bring back, I mean, people like Dave Perry, who's a legend, you know, from Belfast. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's uh, it's all there for the taking, just with a bit of ingenuity and a bit of open-mindedness. And, uh, and, and, you know, we're, we're, we have the talent uh, and it's, it's just convincing that, just convincing the people in in politics that uh, that that us crazy um, people who love to play games. <laughs> well, I hope this happens because it's about time we got somebody with vision like yourself to come in, maybe overseas, and you can come in and be an advisor for the government and tell them we need X, Y, and Z. I know what I'm talking about. This is who I work for, who I worked with in the past. Let's make it happen. to just shout as loud as I can and see what happens but I, I definitely uh, I, I would have to hate to have the whole responsibility of the industry uh, you know based on me getting something done but um, I do think that uh, I, I do believe in, in Irish talent and I do believe in keeping our talent here uh, as someone who who had to leave you know yeah. Because I just simply my job doesn't exist here, you know, and uh, and I do absolutely love my job. I love working, um, writing music and 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 conducting music for video games. It is just has been so good to me. Um, but one of the reasons why I, I wanted to do something at home is, you know, I got a world class education for, uh, you know, at, at the public. Um, the public's expense, you know, and then went, okay, thank you very much. See you now. I'm off to, 
to LA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I thought, you know, I think that's somewhere my karma is completely out of balance. I need to come back home and, and actually pay back the taxpayer for um, for doing that for me. Um, so uh, so we, we, we came to do the festival for, for that reason. Just, just I wanted to do something at home. And um, I'll give you an example. We made a, a video at the festival of Malach, which is a piece I wrote for Warlords of Draenor. And um, I've since, it's become part of the Video Games Live touring program. And uh, and it's, um, I performed it on Yuku in China to over a million people over the summer. And that came from the festival. And the National Youth Orchestra of Ireland is on, on screen for a little bit. And, you know, it's... Um, it's it's totally it's totally homegrown and now it's it's been seen you know we, we've performed it live on stage probably 50 or 60,000 people as well on top of that so uh, you know the idea was to do something special at home um, and uh, sadly we haven't managed to get any sponsorship so we're we're you know so thrilled that people like you Ronan are, are getting the word out for us because like I said um, we need all of our, our our industry to show up, but we need the public to show up and, and, and enjoy because uh, it's a really fun family event. The show Video Games Live is really, really fun, but it's also great at opening people's minds to look at these amazing visuals, listen to this music. This is the video game industry. This is, and so many people go, oh my God, I, I had no idea. I came to the concert with my son because he really wanted to come and I had no idea that this was so expressive and vast and amazing, you know. So hopefully we can get a few politicians down to the concert who'll have that same thought. I hope so. <laughs> and remember, th- thanks for that and uh, I look forward to uh, to seeing the event over, over next weekend. Oh, brilliant, Ronan. Thank you so much. No problem. You're welcome. Bye, see you soon. Talk to you again. See you then. Bye.